This is Suzanne Vining, May the 5th, 2017. I'm going to interview Marge Warren at Eagle Estates in Independence, Kansas. Marge, would you state your name and where you were born and when? Marjorie Warren, uh, 1917, in the north corner of Chautauqua County. Tell me about your parents and your brothers. Well, my brothers are, are five of them. You want me to bring their names? If you want to. Virgil, Irby, Buck, and Bill. What was your earliest memory? Well, when, when Mom painted, papered the living room on in newspaper, well, that was my earliest memory, and just the, the what she said. She said it's not very pretty, but it's clean. And how old were you then? Three, 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 three. Years. What were your parents like? Well, they was very strict. When they said something, they didn't mean it. Did you get in trouble? Oh, yes. What was your school like? Well, it was a one-room school house, and there's is one through the eighth grade, and there's big boys is this eighteen years old and still in school because he didn't have any school. For them when they were little, and uh, they was uh, one teacher for all eight grades, and it was rough on her. I know, cause she whipped some of the kids with the ruler, <laughs> and it broke. As usual. And she was very unhappy. What school was that? West Liberty. How many kids were in your school? About? Oh, probably 20 or more. What did you do for fun? Well, we played ball. Baseball and tag and uh, some something we made out of snow that was called something about goose. I don't. I can't remember.
Did you go to high school? No. I took a GED test after Charlie passed away, and uh, it was pretty rough. How'd you meet Charlie? Well, he was delivering ice in the in a bitty shop that I worked at. And he delivers ice to there where they kept the cokes and stuff for to drink. Where was that? Tulsa. How did you, uh, why did you move to Tulsa to work? Well, uh, the lady, a neighbor lady that was, was acquainted with uh, the people that I worked for on cooking for the drillers and stuff uh, that, uh, that I worked for when I was about uh, 16. She she told that the lady that her sister from Tulsa how I would fix the hair I I roll the hair up I didn't know what to do with the, if I got rolled up because I didn't have any pins and I just was hanging I was hanging at her, I guess and uh, so she decided that she could use me down there and a, 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 like a apprentice. And, uh, and then I, I couldn't take my, uh, start my apprenticeship because uh, her niece was, uh, had an examination and she didn't pass since she had to take it over. So I had to wait. So I cooked for them and strung beans and canned up stuff uh, for her and her the, the people that she cooked cook for, her husband and then her two nieces. And we all lived ever, 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 ever after. When did you get married? Well, I don't know. I, I, I was 23 years old when I got married. So I don't, I don't know what year it was, it was. Nineteen forty. That's probably right. about nineteen forty. Where did you live? Tulsa. Uh, about four blocks from my work, and then Charlie had to drive to. He still worked the ice plant when when he got when we got married. And then he had a job offered him a sporting aircraft for 50 cents, 50 cents an hour. And he did, 
he decided would I would he asked me if I he if I was him would I take the job, and I said well you can always come back and deliver us if you can't do the work, so he took the job and he stayed there till he went in service. Yeah. And then, uh, where was he stationed? Well, he was uh, stationed in the Philippines. So what did you do while he was gone? Well, I worked as a, in the shipyard of the, the Richmond, California, uh, as a burner and welder. And Explain how you knew Rosie the Riveter. Well, she's pretty hard to miss when she's thrown them hot rivets around. And uh, I didn't know her, her even know her name, but uh, worked beside of her of tacking and then burning. And uh, she done her job, I done mine. Yeah. What was Elk City like when you first moved back from California? Well, it was uh, wet, <laughs> about like it was here. The these the water would get out and overflow the town and you could get in a boat and serve the block in a boat and then come, come up halfway on the other side of the other block to the cafe. Were there many people living there? Oh. A lot more than that. That's not not that, and is now. Uh, I I imagine we've got five hundred population. What kind of stores do they have? They had uh, well. When my when I was little, there was two banks. And um, three or four grocery stores, and an ice cream parlor, two of them, and uh, I can't remember uh, a man that repaired shoes, and I can't remember what else, and blacksmith shop. And I can't remember what else. And they was a, a, a rip roaring crowd every Saturday. A free show that, you, that was showed up on the outside of the post or the drugstore for the. He struck a canvas up there and showed the pictures on the. 
the deal. It was a lot of fun. And, and you laid down on a blanket or... The rich people had seats. The They carried some seats, but a few of rich people's. And the rest of them sat on a blanket on the ground. How'd you make your living when you uh, came back to Elk City? Well, uh, Ch Charlie um, bought out my brother, his half of the station, and he went to work with delivering gas and pumping, pumping gas and stuff like that. Then when did you start your beauty shop? I think in about 48. I think I I was real unhappy because I wasn't helping make the living. So I don't know whether I made so much racket about it or not. But uh, if he finally thought maybe I could. Uh, a Porsche, and and it was a a slanting Porsche, and it was, you know, it's they made the Porsches was slanting because the water would run off, and uh, it was a mistake because we we had to, to build to tear down uh, eventually and then. Rebuild it and build a level floor, and I stayed there till we we built the house in six, the new house in '68. When were your kids born and where? Uh, Bill was born in Illinois when that woman went. Uh, Charlie was trying to help his sister, and he decided, well, he sent him some money to help pay the bills or something, and uh, then he decided that he didn't want to go into business with them. So he took a job at Mattoon, Illinois, and uh, and Bill was born up there. And Candy was born, and I don't know when. <laughs> She's, well, I, I can't think which one she was born. It looks like I remember, but I sure can't. Oh, that's okay. This is May the 9th. 2017 and we're going to finish the Marge's interview. Okay. Uh, would you would you tell me what you just got through telling me about 
what your family life was like in uh, like at the time of the depression well it, it, though it was uh, we had no expenses we didn't pay no rent or no light bill electrics and that was uh, coil lamps and stuff like that and I didn't know there was a depression because we canned a bunch of stuff. Like I said, for about 400 quarts of blackberries, and uh, us kids picked them. Well, mom and dad picked them sometimes too, but uh, all of us kids picked the blackberries. We we didn't contribute very much because we ate them. <laughs> uh, it's the big juicy ones we ate. And uh, we ate, didn't have any expense except uh, flour and salt and the sugar and that's very little expenses compared to what they do now because <coughs> we had, had our own meat and the lard and maybe we had to buy flour and cornmeal. No, we t took the we took the corn and had it ground for cornmeal. And uh, yeah, it was we made we made it. I don't know how it I don't know how we did it, but my mom was a hustler and uh <coughs> she doc didn't have any doctor bills <laughs> because she had her own ready and they they were not not very good. <coughs> But but we survived. <clears throat> and I I remember when we moved out of that house. And there's just one room downstairs and one upstairs, and then a little sh sh shed room that mom and dad slept in, and. Us kids slept in the upstairs room. All five of us. We had different beds, but we slept in. But our I first remember that we had hay for the bed, the beds ticking. But uh, I guess mom found out about geese and we 
had a bunch of geese and they made feather beds and they were real warm. Yeah. Well, uh, when we moved, I, I remember that uh, a rainy day, the dad couldn't work in the field or something. Why, we take the horses and the lumber wagon and load it up and put, put, put buckets in there and went blackberry hunting and after, after that we canned them and the rainy day was you know, blackberry picking <laughs> and and uh, we we survived on honey they would cut down a tree and get the honey out of it and uh, it was good stuff. And I I just think of the the clothes that people have now. I had one dress that I wore at school all week. I'd take it off when I come home from school, put on my Work clothes and uh, saved it for the next day, and it well, I wore it all week long. And if I tore it, boy, I really got a ball out for my mom. If I was climbing trees or something. What did your dad do for a living? Well, uh, he finally got it. We, when we moved, he finally got a job uh, of a, and, uh, running the maintainer, they called it, dragging the roads. And when it was, uh, had rain, then you drug the roads to smooth them out. And uh, he he made thirty dollars a month for that, and sometimes he would take the team and do do oil rigging, doing. I don't know if they pulled their wells for for the with the horses. I don't know how they did that, but they but they did it. And then sometimes my uncle and him would go in somewhere and stay all night or maybe two nights and work. And uh, I don't imagine they got much money, but they, a little bit. Tell me about your family today. What? Tell me about your family today. Today? Yeah. What's your, 
you've got kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have much to, to say about them because they're, they're not here very often. <coughs> but uh, when Kirsten and Dylan were little, <coughs> I, I don't know why I had them so much, but they would come home from riding the bus, you know, to school from, they'd come to my house and uh, I'd have, always have spaghetti cooked <laughs> for them. That was one thing that, that they liked and, uh, <clears throat> and you could put it in a ice box and save it, you know, heat it up and they really gobbled it down. One day Kirsten and Dylan were talking and Kirsten told me about it later and she said, uh, well, uh, when mom and dad dies or grandma dies, which one would you rather have living? <laughs> and they said, well, because I fed them, fed them all. Well, I, she did send them down there. Well, I don't know whether she was too, too lazy to cook or what, but, but she'd send them down there at my house. Do you have, have you learned any lessons in your life that you'd like to, that you wish you could pass on to somebody else? Hey, what? Have any lessons that you've learned in your life that you would like to pass on to somebody else to make their life easier? To make their life easier? Yeah. Well, uh, if, if they would accept God in the early part of her life and have faith through their grown-up years and their ventures and I think it would be wonderful. What, uh, what are you most proud of in your life? Well, I don't know. I was proud of my house, but I'm gone from there forever, I guess. I I can't think of anything. I, I don't didn't didn't do very good in my life, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. How would you like people to remember you? Well, I don't know about that either.
Well, my cooking, I guess, I don't know. But I was a pretty good cook. Tell, tell me about the, your schedule, your, your morning schedule at, here at Eagle Estates. <laughs> well, I, I was, I, I'm real busy of the morning. I took, I took my breathing treatments. As soon as I come back from breakfast, and uh, then I go and put out the weights and and the material for exercise, and then come back. Um, of course, I have to go to the bathroom in, in between times, and. Uh, and then I'd take Gina's mail to her, or I took her mail to her for, I forgot. I, th I thought I didn't take it, but I did. She wasn't home, so I just laid in this chair. And uh, it, it takes all morning to do that. I have, I got back from there at 11 o'clock. And, uh, or maybe a quarter to eleven. And then I read for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and it's time for dinner. It's, we're always eating or sleep, sleeping. But, uh. And what do you do in the afternoons? Well, we just play a spinner dominoes, probably. <clears throat> We didn't. We don't. We don't. Didn't play today. <clears throat> Junie wasn't here, and I don't know where she was at. But she might have the doctor's appointment. She's the one that usually gets it. Gets it started. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know of anything. I I can't think of anything. I I have to have time to to think. Things that. Life's a lot different now than it was when you were young. What do you think is the, what's the biggest thing you think? What's the, what's the main difference in the way things are now than when you were young? Well, I'd hate to see people have to go back to the old times like that. I don't think they could make it. They'd be more People on welfare than what is, and then no, 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 they'd be no welfare. There'd be so many people rolling on it. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. This is May the sixteenth, two thousand seventeen. Marge Warren and 
Susie Vining are going to continue to uh, record some of Marge's memories today. Marge is, has just celebrated her 100th birthday a couple of months ago. Uh, we talked about, last week we talked about when your mom newspapered the kitchen walls and then you told me about when you were about four, you'd go to the field with your dad? Yes. Do you want to tell about that? Well, uh, he is about a block from, or more probably from the house, and uh, I decided I'd go to the field anyway, and uh, I'd not tell Mom nothing about it. So I took off and uh, I, I got tired walking and I laid down in the cornfield and went to sleep between the ridges. <laughs> yep. And uh, I guess, I don't know who found me, whether it was mom come, coming and finding me or, or what, but I don't, I don't remember anything about that when I woke up. It was a good thing, I guess. And you told me about how you learned to read. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd circle the, the words that I know in a, a pencil and uh, my, my, Mom would come and say they was okay. And that was in a newspaper. Yeah, on the newspaper, on the wall, from the wall. Oh. Yeah. From where she papered the wall. Oh, you know, yeah. She didn't care for me writing. So. And your first, your first radio that ran on a battery. How'd your mom get it? Oh yeah, she traded the cow for it. She traded the cow for it, and when we got it, uh, we always listened to Amos and Andy, and we'd have to save the battery power for Amos and Andy, then then shut it down till the next day, and uh, all all of the family listened to it, so it wasn't just a one person thing. And it was enjoyed by all of us. What kind of school did you go to? A country school. Had had eight grades in. Uh, <clears throat> and I think about probably two hundred twenty-five kids in the school they had all, all eight grades of one teacher and that's a, a, another one now. Do you remember when the boys picked you up and brought you back through the window? Oh yeah. <coughs> uh, I had to go to the bathroom, the outdoor bathroom, you know, 
And uh, when I was coming back, two big boys uh, hollered at me and told me to, to come there to the window. And they'd put a point through the window, and so I don't have to go to the, to the walk about ten steps to the door. I mean, the door. I thought that was great. But my dad, I told him about it, and I thought it was pretty cool. And he don't think he didn't think it was so cool. And, uh, he uh, uh, had to carry in the wood for the cook stove. I wasn't big enough to put the put the big big, big heater, and uh, I don't know how long I have to hear, carry it, but it didn't kill me. Tell about when you went to the, when you were about 10 and you went to a dance with your brothers and it rained. Oh, I was probably, probably about earlier than that, about, about probably 16. I, well, the, the whole countryside was flooded. You know, Elk City was, has, had the water everywhere when it rained. And uh, I thought it was going to be that way uh, when when we was getting ready to go home. And uh, two boys walked along in the ground uh, and followed the car so that we didn't run off the road and into a ditch or something, or let washed out a bridge, and uh, I don't know. It was four o'clock in the morning when we got home, but but, the, but that water was a long ways. It was west of Elk City, and when you when the water got up, it was just flooded. That was before the dike was built, and uh, I got grounded over the deal. There was eight of us in the car, four four couples, eight people. That <laughs> they had the seat belts, them days, and uh, I got grounded over the deal for about two weeks. And my brother didn't get nothing. <laughs> well, there was another time when you, when you had to cross the flooded river uh, with your parents when you still had the horse and wagon. Oh yeah. When your yeah. family went to a dance. Well, that was a, a different time. That that was early age. I imagine it was about. I was probably about six year old, and the two 
three little ones and was younger than me, and one older brother. There's five kids and all, and uh, <clears throat> we uh, had to stay to that a friend's house when we went to the dance and it was raining and uh, we had to stay there all night and all day the next day the water didn't go down it was just just a flood and uh, we went, thought we had to go home and milk the cows because they they need to be up in the morning and nights, but uh, the water was real high, and uh, Dad borrowed a wagon from the this peoples that we stayed all night with, and uh, we started home and. And when the team got in the water, it was uh, high enough to first the horses to swim, and they they started swimming, and it was frightening rain. In the, in the meantime, uh, and Mom was afraid we'd get wet, wet. And uh, she didn't know that we were going to be flooded wet anyway. So she waved a blanket in the air to, to cover her as up. And um, the horses got scared. And they had a burst of speed of the fright. And when they hit dirt on the bank, it, it was pay dirt, and boy, they started swimming around there. They couldn't go very fast, but they sure, sure was moving. It was, it was not funny then, but it was funny now. Did you go to church? No. Uh, we, we lived too far from town to go to church. We, we lived about 10 miles from town, so there was no church. But uh, we had a friend that was a, thought he was a preacher, and sometimes he'd do some preaching on Sunday at, at the schoolhouse. And uh, he'd preach for two hours, and that was the longest two hours I, I believe I had ever lived. And uh, I imagine I went to sleep by about half the time. Well, he was no preacher, but he thought he was. Was he the preacher that had the still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he had a bootleg job on the side. And he made sore molasses on the side. Well, I imagine that was his 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 hobby. 
and uh, he he was no preacher though. Uh, tell about when they uh, when they arrested somebody for being bootlegger. He was he was the one. Was he, he the one? He was the one that was arrested. Uh, the creek that they had to cross, and it was muddy because it was had rained and it was slick, and. Uh, he, uh, the cars were not as powerful now as they was. They were more powerful now than what was they. And uh, they, they was, the law was taking him to jail. And uh, they tried to get him to get out and push the car. And he said, well, you're taking me to jail, and you just do it yourself. And I guess they finally got up the hill and took him to jail. But I don't think they did done anything with him. On my uh, knowledge, they probably used certain rules. You had trouble with your appendix. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, when we, I was about, I think about sixteen years old. We went to the dance, and um, I had some terrible pains in my back and stomach, and uh, they put me to bed. Every, every room was cleared out because they were dancing and they had one room was for the kids to sleep on and they fixed me a place to lay down in there and uh, I, that that pain was terrible and uh, it was appendix to bursting but uh, we didn't know it then, and it's a good thing we didn't know it because we didn't know it was no doctor. And uh, mom, mom thought we was my brother, and I was scuffling, and she was thought the doctor told the doctor that he thought she thought I had a quick kidney disorder. She was always diagnosing the problems because <laughs> she thought she was a doctor, I guess. And uh, and then when I was 23, or no, it was about 20, I had the pain come back from the appendix, and I didn't know what it was. But anyway, I went to the doctor. And uh, I have no idea how he could tell from taking the blood from your ear 
you don't get much blood out your ear. But the, that was a long time ago. And uh, I guess that's probably what they done. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I said I was about 20 because I, I wasn't married at that time. And uh, he, he brought me to Penix and explained what, what happened because the Penix, it has a little sack that goes around out on the outside and, and the Penix burst and it, the, the little sack held us stuff inside and uh, I guess I guess it was saving my life because if if it got ruptured like that, well it would been gangrene and stuff like that. But it was pretty scary. And do Doctor Shimgi uh, operated me on it. He kept me there for about 21 days or something like that in the hospital because the hospital wasn't finished yet. And, and he wanted to do surgery <laughs> and they had to get the operating uh, uh, thing fixed to where he could operate. But it was just built, being built then. That was Dr. Skimka's hospital in Caney, wasn't it? Yeah. So you were the first surgery yep. in that hospital? Yeah. When did you get your first job? Oh, I uh, went to Jose Elk City and took a job making two dollars a, a, a week uh, cooking for uh, the family that was they had a little girl and she was pregnant for with another one and she was give, going to give birth to it and but they needed help so I mom didn't want me to go but I didn't I didn't went anyway and uh, I, I cooked bread My, mom I would have you know make bread and I would cook four loaves it don't didn't take them long to eat it up and by may may bake bread about every other day and we just had corn cornbread and beans one day and then the next day we had cornbread and beans and fried potatoes the next day. That was our menu. It was left to keep it alive. That's what's necessary.
uh, and then you went to Tulsa. Oh yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> then when I went to Tulsa, I was working uh, at a cafe making a nickel hour, and uh, it was good money <laughs> in them days. But uh, uh, a friend of mine, or a friend of the family's, I guess, or, uh, what, uh, was, had a, they had a relative in uh, Tulsa that ran a beauty shop. And um, I was always fixing her. Her sister's hair, she'd wash it and come over and have fires working and have me. I just, I could just finger wave. I, I didn't know what to do with the ends of the hair. And uh, she was talking to her sister that I would be a good person to be an apprentice. So she come up to the uh, cafe where I was working and talked to me about them. And I said, yeah, I'll go, go there. And I went down there and I couldn't, I couldn't be an apprentice at that time because the girl that was in the apprentice uh, she took her tests and she failed and she had to do it over. So she, she, I worked for, for her, uh, Canon stuff. Uh, she didn't know anything about Canon and, uh, I didn't think I did, but I, I did, you know, we canned enough and That she had no pressure cooker or anything, so we we had canned in the oven, and uh, we can day and night, I guess. Uh, it, it was uh, she'd go to the market and buy stuff, and then we'd come home and they they had a big market in Tulsa where you could go buy vegetables and everything, watermelon or whatever you want to do. The farmers would bring in there and sell it to them. Or they, they had little stalls or something and sold it for themselves, I guess, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't on the end of that. So, it was, it was a way of life. And you met Charlie in Tulsa. Yeah, it, when I was uh, had my license and was working, and uh, he was delivering ice to the beauty shop for the cooler, you know, 
and uh, I guess uh, we had cokes in there. I don't know what it, what we had ice for, but then I guess we had an ice box, the old-fashioned ice box that just had chunks of ice in there. I guess that's what that was be he did ever die. I don't know. But uh yeah, I met him and I I guess I've still go I he was still delivering ice when I married him. And then he had an offer of a job as far an aircraft for fifty cents an hour. He did, he didn't know whether to take it or not. Well, I said you could always come back and deliver deliver ice if you can't make it on that. And then he, I guess he, uh, stayed in there till we went to service. I don't think I think, but I can't remember. I'm sure he did. Cause he, he, he smeared dope on the wings of an airplane, and that glue was so stinking that it was terrible. And he, his breath, his, his breath even smelled like the dope. And uh, I had him put their, his boots on the porch. Because it didn't rain on the porch, and because I can't couldn't stand the smell in the house, well, it was it was terrible. It smelled like a dead cow or something. <laughs> you you didn't don't know how people could stand the smell of that stuff. He was born with extra ribs, wasn't that right? Oh yeah, he was born with uh, two extra ribs in his collarbone, and um, I don't know how, what age he was when they started bothering him, but uh, he was he was passing out. He was up on the gasoline. Thing uh, pumping gas out for somebody, and he fell, passed out, and fell on the ground, and uh, they I don't know why or, or whether we went to the doctor or something. I don't think so. But anyway, we wound up in Tulsa, and. Uh, they took, went to the hospital. I guess the doctor in, in Independence maybe referred him to the hospital in Tulsa, in, in Houston. I don't know. But uh, anyway, they operated him on him and took, found out that he had two ribs who were living in Colorado and took out, and then he was okay there.
and that then that was when we saw the UFO, and uh, we went to my sister-in-law's house one night first 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 supper, and uh, the kids were outside playing. It was just about dark, real maybe a little bit more than dark, and. Uh, they come running in the house and t t tell us about the thing that was in the air, and we went outside and we seen a UFO. And uh, this was in the paper a long time, about three or four days in the paper, making headlines. And everybody would you talk to, they didn't believe us. But it was sure true. You worked in uh, shipyards and while you were in California. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's when uh, Charlie went overseas, and I went. Uh, my had I had a brother that lived out there. He was he's in the service, and he had. I stayed with him and his wife. <clears throat> because I real had had real bad chest cold. I think it was pneumonia or something, and uh, I stayed with him. And then when I got over that, well I. Applied for a job in the shipyard and went to work in the shipyard uh, as a welder and burner. And it was the easiest job I ever had. Yeah, that's it's a lot easier than housework. Housework is never get done. Is that where you met, where you worked beside Rosie the Riveter? Yeah, Rosie the Riveter, yeah. Uh, she had a, a real big iron pot that was had a bunch of coals in it, and it was, uh, they were red hot, the rivets are red hot, and she'd throw them the end of the deck, and or the other guy'd throw them and she'd catch them in a, a, a metal net or something. And it was a thing to get away from if you had, could. And I was always afraid of getting hit on the head with, with a hot bolt. Then after he was discharged, where did you go? Uh, went to Mattoon, Illinois. He was thinking about going in business with his brother-in-law, but uh, they was too many bill collectors. 
when we got there, and uh, they was beating on the door of that daylight, <laughs> trying to get some money, and uh, he had given them some money to start with before we left California. He uh, he sent me he sent us some money, and uh, he decided that there's too many bill collectors coming and going, so he didn't go into business with him, with him, and uh, he went. Uh, he got a job, uh, a tool dressing, on a rig. And he he got hurt. Uh, the, the, the thing come down and bent his leg and broke his ankle. Yeah, uh, and he was on crutches for a long time. And I was pregnant with Bill. And. I wore a big loose coat when I went to sign for my unemployment. But uh, they couldn't understand why I didn't go to go work. Well, I have seen you didn't have haven't found anybody anything that I could do. So I didn't didn't get no job. I wasn't. I'm hunting really, hunting a job. But uh, anyway, I brought, brought all of it but eight dollars, and you, you had so much money in the fund, and then they sent me a check for the eight dollars. <laughs> so I collected it. And then um, your daughter was born where? In Tulsa, or Independence. Yeah. Well, Bill was in the service too, wasn't he? Later. Did he go to service? Oh, yeah. Bill was. Uh, He served in Vietnam, and uh, I think something else, but I can't remember. Too, too many wars. Oh, when they come, he come home on furlough, and with brought some boys with him, and they had a car that was, uh, I guess was, uh, I don't know what you call them. They had a space in the back, you could put stuff in there, and uh, when they got ready to leave, we, Char Charlie put two barrels of gasoline in them in that 
for them to use. Why we didn't give them the money, but we didn't do that. We, we had a filling station, we'd pump the gas in there, and I warned him kids, be careful of the cigarettes. And one of them said, well, you don't think we know how, how to deal with cigarettes? We, he, they was placed on an ammunition ship, and uh, they had to be careful with with cigarettes and stuff. Yep. Well, they made it. I don't know what they done with the French girls. I, I hope they was put in use or something. Tell about your first washing machine. Oh, uh, I, when I bought the first washing machine, uh, Charlie was real unhappy about that. And when when he was upset, he would pout. He didn't speak to you for two or three days. <laughs> But uh, I said, don't worry, I'll just take in washings and pay for it myself. So that's what I did. Uh, I don't know what I, what I charged, but, but I know that uh, one person, she's dead now and gone, but uh, she didn't pay for, for the for the last batch of clothes. I don't know, didn't know the God's answer, but she went to her grave, and I said, still circulating. But I heard Charlie later on, he was bragging about this washing machine. Yeah, he was telling somebody about how the, how machines operated because it was a Bendix and it opened the front and uh, people uh, of them days didn't have they had never seen a, a washing machine opened in the front that, that uh, was he was explaining to them how it works <laughs> he was bragging on it we use it for a long time. You uh, ran a beauty shop in your home in Elk City. Oh yeah, I, I had a shop. I don't know how long. It was over fifty years. I know that. I had my license when I was, by the time I was 20 years old, and I worked till I retired at 80. I didn't retire. I still done my kids' hair and my grandkids have cut their hair and everybody else had come along. I still cut their hair. But uh, 
it was, I didn't make much money, but I, I kept busy. <laughs> Parents were five hours. And you taught Sunday school? What? And you taught Sunday school? Oh yeah. I taught taught Sunday school uh, the kindergarten the preschool kids at first and uh, then I taught uh, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth grade or something. One time I was teaching the preschool kids and uh, there was one kid that, that was made a noise all the time. He just couldn't keep his mouth shut. And uh, I, I read this story to him and uh, I said, well, do you, don't you think it was a real good story? And and uh, Billy Warner said, "Well, yes, it was a very good story, but I didn't hear a, a word." <laughs> it, it was real funny. He's honest, wasn't he? Yeah, he's honest. <laughs> well. That's that's what Sunday school for. <laughs> to not tell a lie. Hey, he's a very good story, but I just didn't didn't hear words. What do you suppose your fondest memory is of, of Elk City? I I think I'd give that that a bunch of thought. Uh, I think it was when my Great great grandkids was little, and I was taking care of them. I, th I think maybe that it was that. I don't know. I was happy all the time. I I, I know didn't know that uh, they, you didn't get mad about stuff. I just was happy. I was happy of any, any job I had, I was happy. And to see the, the, the people that's, that I baked the bread and cinnamon rolls and stuff, and the, the people that eat them cinnamon rolls, uh, I was happy. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, I, I, I've thought about stuff that uh, I, I can't, can't, can't remember too much about what uh, I was thinking about, but uh, I wanted to tell you about little my little brother falling down the stairs and cutting his head on the fruit jars. Well, it was... Uh, Reason he the, the foot jars in the 
corner, you had to go up the stairs, then you had made another jog, and and it was down the bottom of the steps. And why that Dad didn't put a little gate or something up there to keep well in daylight, because you could you could see. No, no, she get in. But anyway, he fell down, and he was just about uh, three or four years old, I think. Yes, and um, he cut. He cut. He cut an artery in his temple, and the, the blood was just pumping every time he breathed. He brought blood pumping out of his head, and Mom uh, grabbed the lids to the stove and put the uh, set on that to stop the blood. And he, uh, somebody asked, why didn't you put flour on that? Well, flour wouldn't have done, it might have stopped the blood, but then you'd have a mess of Picking the flower out, but the blood stayed in there and healed up. And by the time he got grown, the scar was way up in the top of his head. And he didn't go to the doctor. <laughs> the doctor had probably put, done something to get the blood out of there. I don't know, but anyway, he took that to his grave. Was there anything you, if, and I haven't asked you this before, if you could do things over again, would what would you change? Uh, I can't think of anything that I would change, but I know I'd do. I'd, I'd have a different life. I would accept God earlier. Is there anything else you'd like to record? Well, if, if, if I, I could think of it, but I, I can't think of life like that, just other than I, I can't, if I might, could, oh yeah, the kids put the watermelons. Oh, on the car tires, the yeah. for the hunters. Yeah. The, the the my dad was a hunter and he had coon dogs and uh, there'd always be a bunch of people uh, men coming and going and coming there and hunting with him and uh, they would come back to the house about two o'clock in the morning and 
start eating a watermelon, ha ha, having a good time, and wake everybody up. And my brothers had get was getting tired of it, so they decided they'd do some stuff to, to get rid of them. I don't know whether they got rid of them or not, but but they uh, took some watermelons and cut them lengthwise in half, and they jacked uh, cars, wheels up, and set them down in the watermelon, and uh, when the man started to leave, and he's turned on the ignition and put it in gear, and nothing happens, and it, he gets started giving them the gas, and it didn't start, did, wasn't doing anything, just suspending wheels. Pretty soon that the watermelon orange uh, got through the grind, it got through the rim of the watermelon, and he hit the pay dirt, and boy, he just took off. <laughs> um, There's a bunch of boulders out there in front. Of the, the, the east of the the driveway, and he he hit the ditch, and then he had had to straighten up the car and start start to go straight, and uh, he'd, he he was getting going so fast that he couldn't have. He didn't have control of the car, and he's seen a black cat, and he was superstitious, and he tried to miss the black cat. Black cat, he didn't want to run over it, and he oh he I I don't don't make do head come come back at all. I don't know if he'll ever come back. Well, that's not all of them. He fixed uh, some pasteboard circles and took the headlights off of one car and put the pasteboard in there. They didn't have any lights. They, my brother could cook up stuff. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> and then they put... Uh, some gum over the gas, the air in the gas tank. Mom made him take that off because she said, well, that man will come back here and he'll want to sleep. Yeah, he, he'll not, not go there for when he have problems with the air not getting to out there. She she made him take the gum off of the tank. My brothers are full of it. 
Well, we're going to wrap it up for the day. Yep. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.